0: Our scripture reading for this morning will be coming from the letter of 1 Peter, chapter 1, beginning with verse 10. 1 Peter, chapter 1, beginning with verse 10, and I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. As to this salvation... The prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you and these things which now have been announced to you Through those who preached the gospel to you, by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Do words matter? Recently, a 25-year-old ballet dancer from Britain died after eating a cookie. A cookie that she had gotten from Stu Leonard's grocery store in Connecticut. A cookie that was mislabeled. Orla Boxendale knew that she had a severe peanut allergy. Always carrying with her an EpiPen, even making sure that her traveling companions knew how to administer the pen. However... After eating a cookie from the grocery store that did not list nuts, certainly not peanuts, as an ingredient, her reaction was so severe that the EpiPen had no effect on her body. Orla died of anaphylactic shock. Words matter. Are you a cook? How are you in the kitchen? Do you have any favorite recipes? Is it a cake, a casserole, a pie, pizza? Are you a throw-it-together kind of cook, a pinch of this and a pinch of that, or a a by-the-book, carefully measuring every ingredient? What was your biggest or latest fail? What's it like when you leave out an ingredient? Words matter. Even the smallest of omissions can have catastrophic results. Rather than going to the table, your culinary work of art went to the trash can. Peter says here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, that God took a long time baking salvation. Look again, verse 10. As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. And in what age do you place the prophets? Creation is around 4,000 B.C. We'll put Christ's coming somewhere close to zero. 4,000 years between creation and Christ. Where do the prophets fit in that span? Right in the middle between the four and the zero is Abraham. Right around 2,000. Moses is approximately 500 years after that. Around 1,500 The actual giving of the law around 1454 B.C. Then we come to the prophets. Both major and minor prophets range from 850 B.C. to 420 B.C. And you look at that in light of 4,000 years. The prophets don't cover but around 400 years or so. But we know how important they are to us. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Peter is referencing these as he talks to Christians who are living during a time, as we mentioned last week, probably around 62 A.D., 30 years after Christ has come to earth, born our sins upon the cross, been resurrected and ascended into heaven. And it's of that incarnation and the culmination of His sacrifice upon the cross and resurrection that Christ is referencing here that the prophets, when they talked about it, didn't understand what God meant. I have written out on the marquee, imagine knowing what was a mystery even to prophets and angels. We've been given the rest of the story as Paul Harvey used to say. 2,000 years after the cross, 6,000 years since creation, we live in an age which is the end times. When The recipe that God put together, imagine making bread. How difficult is it to make bread from scratch without a machine? Certainly you have to follow the recipe. You have to put in the right ingredients, keep it at the right temperature so that the yeast can work. Timing is very important. Maybe even having to allow it to rise twice. Ingredients... Environment, timing, that's what God is doing, isn't he? It took a long time for man to be ready to receive the gospel. It wasn't that God's plan was a work in progress in the sense that he didn't know how he was going to solve for man's needs. Think about just in the garden as God gave very simple commands. What was the Result of disobedience. Separation from God. Adam and Eve, the very first. Human beings driven outside the garden and not having access to the tree of life. What does that mean? That means the wages of sin is death. Paul brings that out in Romans, doesn't he? Think of the first two sons of Adam and Eve and the lesson taught with their sacrifices. One following the will of God, words matter. Abel offering a blood sacrifice, one of his lambs. And Cain deciding that he could add or leave out, your choice, and only offer fruits, which he was a farmer, not a shepherd. He thought, well, this ought to be sufficient. makes sense to me. Whose sacrifice did God accept? Abel's and not Cain's. And Cain begins to become angry, build resentment, and wants to take it out on his brother. God even visits Cain then. What does he tell him? Cain, do what's right, and all will be well. But know this sin couches at the door, and his desire is for you. What was he telling Cain? You do it your way, and death is going to result. You will be devoured by your passions. Satan will have a hold on you. Do words matter? Cain didn't listen, did he? Simple lessons, Adam and Eve eating of the forbidden fruit, Cain and Abel and the proper sacrifice, Noah and the flood. Sin results in death, only eight righteous souls. Bring it to Abraham, and God says, Through your seed, all nations will be blessed. All nations. Now, God then goes into nation building for hundreds of years. It's not until 500 years later, nearly, a good 400 for sure, that Israel is delivered by Moses, crossing the Red Sea. Red Sea's in the news a lot lately, isn't it? Crossing the Red Sea. And the forces of evil being smashed when the Red Sea came back together and destroyed Pharaoh's army. There on the other side, uh, Moses receives the law and God builds a nation. Forty years of wandering wiped out a generation that did not believe. But by the time of Joshua, they're ready to go into the land of Canaan and conquer. And there Israel grows into a mighty nation with kings like Solomon and David, what was God doing? Prepping mankind. Here Peter says, all of that prep work has now culminated into what you have been given. What we have here in 1 Peter are things that the prophets couldn't understand or grasp. Let me give you a few examples about Daniel's inquiring mind to begin with. Now, in this first one, um, doesn't have to do with a necessarily a messianic prophecy. It's just Daniel, after he, he sees a vision, he wants to know what it means. And there are occasions, such as in this one in Daniel 7, beginning with verse 15, where he gets an answer. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was distressed within me. And the vision in my mind kept alarming me. I approached one of those who were standing by and began asking him the exact meaning of all of this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Now that must have been very satisfying for Daniel to get to have an explanation. In chapter 8, it happens again with a different vision. Daniel 8. Once again with verse 15. When I, Daniel, had seen the vision, I sought to understand it. And behold, standing before me was one who looked like a man. And I heard the voice of the man between the banks of Uli. And he called out and said, Gabriel, give this man an understanding of the vision. That's nice. Except this time it was a little incomplete or didn't go far enough because in verse 27 of chapter 8, Then I, Daniel, was exhausted and sick for days. Then I got up again and carried on the king's business, but I was astounded at the vision, and there was none to explain it to me. He got a partial interpretation, but not sufficient, at least in his own mind. Then in chapter 12, he just gets a rebuff. Sounds an awful lot like what? Peter is talking about, except once again, uh, we, without fully understanding perhaps what the visions of Daniel mean, and Daniel's visions go from his time, which is around um, the 500s, his final prophecies are somewhere around 530, to the time of the cross, even to the destruction of Jerusalem. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, that what Daniel prophesied would be completed in A.D. 70. So this has to do with the end times. Verse 8 of Daniel 12, As for me, I heard but could not understand, so I said, My Lord, what will be the outcome of these events? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for these words are concealed and sealed up until the end time. Go your way. No, Daniel, I'm not giving you an explanation this time. This is for the end times. Verse 13 of Daniel 12. But as for you, go your way to the end. Then you will enter into rest and rise again for your allotted portion at the end of the age. Daniel, you're going to go to your grave before you understand the times and the person meant in these visions. My mind often goes to Isaiah when I read Peter saying the prophets who predicted the sufferings of Christ wanted to know what person or time. And I think of Isaiah as the one who wrote about the suffering Savior. Listen to these words from Isaiah and think what might have arisen in his mind in the way of questions. Verse 53 of Isaiah, I mean verses 4 and 5 of Isaiah 53. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. Uh, it's a little hard for us to put ourselves in the eye, mind's eye of one Who doesn't understand who Jesus is and what he suffered, why he suffered, for whom he suffered. But just for a minute, try to put yourself in Isaiah's place. Now, we're not told specifically that Isaiah is one of those prophets who questioned. But we are told that the prophets who questioned were talking about the sufferings of Christ. But imagine Isaiah wanting to know who and when is this going to be fulfilled in? Who are we talking about here? A suffering? Savior? It's quite the concept, isn't it? Peter says, out of this curiosity, they were simply giving these words. Verse 12. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. Salvation. Grace. Grace. Glory, we have access to all of that. Imagine knowing what was a mystery even to prophets and angels. We're in the know. Turn with me to hymn number 769 Ancient Words. Do words matter? 769.
1: No soul, holy words long preserved for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart words of life, words of hope. Give us strength, help us cope. In this world where'er we roam, ancient words will guide us home. Ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Holy words of our faith. Handed down to this age. Came to us through sacrifice. Oh, heed the faithful words. come with open hearts, oh, let the ancient words impart, oh, let the ancient words impart.
0: Long preserved for our walk, we have come with open hearts. That's what Peter is trying to impress upon his readers and upon us. God's heart has been revealed. He has taken much time with this recipe of proofing salvation, of making it just the right person and time, namely his own son. I love the way Peter said it was the spirit of Christ within them that was predicting his own sufferings and the glory that was to follow. Things into which even angels long to work. In the beginning was the Word. John chapter 1 verse 1. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Then verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. Glory as of the only begotten from the Father. A plan that God had before he ever made man. Earlier in chapter 1, as he addresses those modern countries of Turkey, or those countries that are now modern Turkey, he says, verse 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with His blood. Foreknowledge. That means God knew before He ever made the world that we would sin and need a Savior. That's why we can see the signs of it in the garden, in Noah, at the flood, in Abraham and his calling. And we're to emulate, here we are but straying pilgrims. This world is not our home. We have, however, in our possession the knowledge of that through God's precious word, Christ himself revealing about himself. That the penalty of sin is death, but redemption provides life. Being sprinkled with his blood through the waters of baptism. What shall we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 3, verse 21 of First Peter, into even baptism doth also now save us. It's not by accident. Words matter, however. We can't add to or take away from what God's recipe is for salvation without catastrophic results. Anaphylactic shock. God meticulously revealed his son, his plan, yet man often loves the darkness and ignores the light. It's a simple recipe that God has given. Why? As we study this, why is man so resistant to the simplicity of God's word? Be ye holy as I am holy, as we'll study, Lord willing, next week in the lesson. I want to close with a couple of passages from the book of Hebrews. It seems that man is content to remain ignorant, immature at the very best. This is from Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers... You have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. Isn't that the struggle that it seems that the apostles, the writers, even the prophets of the Old Testament had, the people weren't growing in their faith. In fact, they had to be reminded of the most elementary of principles. You are in need of saving God alone provides it. Blood must be spilt because of the penalty of sin. You are in need of milk. Then he writes in chapter 6 of Hebrews, verse 1, Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. We enter into this relationship realizing sin must be forgiven, can only be forgiven through repenting and confessing that we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and being baptized into His blood. But Peter says we must understand that that is God's plan and yet God requires of us a change, as we'll discuss next week, a little bit beginning this afternoon in the lesson coming from Verse 13, prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in the spirit. Why must we be so immature babes in Christ when God would have us to grow so that we might reach others as well? This world is not our home. We face the crossing of the Jordan When they did, as the children of Israel, they shrank back. The end should not cause us to shrink back. We know what glories there are laid up for us who have fixed our eyes and our hope upon Jesus. Words do matter. May we follow those ancient words which God prepared long ago to provide for us a path to heaven.